Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. My goal is to talk to as many kinds of authors as I can and let them pitch their books to you. We'll be discussing their books, what they're about, what type of person that they believe will enjoy their books, and try to get to know them a little bit more with some random topics. I'll be trying to get them to explain to you why they wrote their books and any other items that might be of interest to them. Either way, it's all about you. My listeners, finding the next book that you want to read. Maybe you will find that author that you just can't get enough of. So with that being said, you should go to authorblurb.com where you can see their profiles, information about the guests, links, and even find other guests there. We list all of our shows on authorblurb.com for you to review, and you can find them on the streaming service or the, well, the video service that you might be watching this on here. So I hope you enjoy it. So I appreciate you joining me on this, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. So let's meet our guest now. Welcome. I'm here with Tom Reese. Tom Reese is an author of a whole slew of books. If you go and look at them right now, we're going to be discussing his book. That's the fourth in a series. And from what I've read of the reviews and everything about it, it's a fantastic book. People seem to really enjoy your book. Tom, can you go in a bit about yourself, about your, about what you wrote and about your book so people can first start to get a grip of who you are and your book so they know what they're getting into. Absolutely. And uh, Eric, thank you, by the way, for having me on here. I really appreciate that. Uh, hi, I'm Tom Reese. I uh, have 11 books out right now. I've got two more scheduled for release this year, one of which I'm scrambling to get done right now. Um, I write mostly supernatural thrillers. Um, everything I do has some sort of thriller aspect or something a little bit out of the ordinary. So it might have a supernatural slant to it. It might have a science fiction slant to it. Pretty much everything I write is present day, though there are some things that get back in the past alternating with present day. So my science fiction isn't like futuristic science fiction. It's like okay. present day science fiction. Oh, nice. Um, the series we'll be talking about today is my Huntington series. Uh, the fourth book um, came out just recently is called Fires of the Atessi. And this one follows my main characters, uh, Mark and Dana Huntington, who are husband and wife rescue and recovery specialist. In this instance, uh, the Rod of Aaron, which is a biblical relic uh, thought to be lost to the ages, has been actually secreted away for centuries by this brotherhood who's been keeping it safe, and it has now been stolen. And it's thought to have supernatural elements to it uh, that, among other things, could potentially even initiate Armageddon. And so Mark and Dana Huntington are hired by this brotherhood to try to locate this relic before everything breaks loose. And it's a, it's a chase that takes them uh, a lot across the Middle East. They start off in... Central America, and then to Turkey, and then most of the book takes place in Egypt. There is this villain called the Atessi, okay. who may be an ancient demigod <laughs> of fire set on 
bringing about Armageddon. Okay. So that's the basic thrust of the book. It's a, I think it's a fun page turner. I like it. Oh, but I might be a little bit biased. Well, I understand. I also am biased on my books too, so I can understand how easily that is. And I can tell you, it sounds like a very interesting story. And I mean, it sounds almost Indiana Jones with a bit of, um, for anybody that knows Indiana Jones, I know it's getting kind of dated at this time, but like Indiana Jones with a supernatural fix where they're traveling around, there's a lot of international feel, like you said. So it's not just stuck in one area. So to me, that sounds interesting. So Thank you. What, what got you reading or reading? I'm sorry. What got you writing about a couple, married couple traveling around, trying to solve, try to save the world for hire, kind of like what you're saying Mark and Dana is doing. What made you right. decide to do that? Yeah, uh, actually kind of an interesting genesis with them. Um, my wife and I actually had an, a radio program here in Las Vegas where we're located. It was an audio drama radio program. And I wrote all of the episodes and directed them and co-produced them with her. She did all the music. She's a musician. Right. And we did our own sound effects and everything. And one of the things I wanted at that point was to come up with stories and characters that would be fun to listen to with a lot of action, be able to put a lot of sound effects and what have you in there. These were full cast audio dramas, not like an audio book where just one person reading, but these were, you know, the, the full thing. Right. And um, so I was thinking along those lines, what would be very fun to listen to and get involved with? And I wanted to have kind of an action adventure thing. And I thought, you know, I really want to have a couple as opposed to like the traditional just male protagonist who ends right. up finding a different woman every adventure right. and um, going about like that. And that brought about the dynamic of, you know, the banter between them and the um, bickering and the, <laughs> and the challenges that come with any married couple. But yeah. these people are globe trotting all over the place with all kinds of adventures going on. So it adds to all of that that's going on. And I didn't want them tied to a specific organization or anything. I wanted them to be more freelance. So Mark Huntington, the male, um, is former Delta Force special ops and left under kind of a cloud. And Dana is former... MI6, which is like the British CIA, James Bond. Right. And um, that's her background. So they have a background that would lend themselves to this kind of life. And uh, they do this for reward money. So they seek out something that maybe somebody has been kidnapped and there's reward money for that. And they, or some ancient relic has been stolen and there's reward money for that. And that's how they make their living. Okay, well, that sounds interesting, and it sounds like a great background for it. I mean, so, I mean, what is, I guess, you have several books, you said, 11 books right now, two more coming out. The two more coming out, are those in the same series, or are those in a different series? One of those will be the next one in the Huntington series. I'm writing that right now, and then the other is a young adult fantasy, which is my first young adult fantasy I've I've written, so that's kind of a de departure for me. 
Okay. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That one's going to be a lot of fun. I know that I've tried to write some young fantasy and I just, I can't pull that off. So everybody has their, their skills on that. That's just not mine. I do find them interesting reads. I will say that. So what is this one going to be about? I mean, do you have something you can share so people know what to look forward? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's called The Voyage of the Amethyst Castle. And two teenage cousins whose parents are explorers, exploring the few uncharted islands and areas that are still left on the planet. Uh, these two teenagers, male and female cousins, come across this castle on this island they're exploring and it's made entirely of amethyst All right. and they end up inside this castle you know they find a way in and then get trapped in there and then this castle slides into the ocean and starts floating so it's the voyage of the amethyst castle okay. and inside this castle it's like an entirely different world all of the normal laws of physics and everything don't apply there are strange creatures there are extinct creatures there's magical things going on. They get caught up in some intrigue that um, there's a king that's going to be, there's an assassination plot, and they are trying to prevent that while at the same time trying to find their way off of this castle and back to their parents. Well, that sounds intriguing. So, and then you also have Dracula. What is it? The Dracula series. It's a trilogy. Yeah, the Dracula Journals trilogy. Um, it serves kind of as a both prequel and sequel to Bram Stoker's original novel. Okay. And I tried to stay true to the form of Stoker's original novel. Um, if you're familiar with how that novel was written, it was written in a series of journal entries mm -hmm. and correspondences, uh, letters and whatnot. So that's how I wrote these books. Okay. And in these, it follows the Van Helsing family who confronted Dracula in the original book, while one of the descendants of the original Van Helsing is given a trunk that has all the original writings that uh, compose the original Dracula book, plus additional documents, one of which is Dracula's own journal. Oh. So you're able to read Dracula's account of things that happened before the original novel, how he became a vampire, his early days as a vampire, all that, as well as what's happening now. And the first of the Dracula uh, Journals trilogy takes place in Pro Prohibition era Chicago. <laughs> okay. And through this journal of Dracula, there is his own blood on that, and, which comes with a property that can resurrect him. So okay. Dracula, big surprise, is resurrected and now is a threat again, this time on this side of the ocean. And um, the Van Helsings again are trying to deal with him. And that goes through three novels over generations. So the first one set in Prohibition era um, Chicago. The next one is primarily in the 70s. And then the third one is present day. All right. So yeah, I mean, what actually got you into writing to do the fantasy to do so your fantasy your horror what got you into writing in these genres what got you interested like i i always grew up enjoying the dracula story i grew up with the old 90s horror tv shows 
So I've enjoyed like the older horrors. The new ones, not too big into the blood and guts things, but the original horrors that makes you think or scares you that way. What got you into, one, interested in that genre, and two, made you say, you know, I need to write about this. I want people to hear this story. You know, I've always just enjoyed supernatural or science fiction, whether it be in books, television, movies. I've always gravitated towards it. I read a lot of comic books. One of the first shows I remember watching as a young, young, young child, probably five years old, was Dark Shadows, which was a vampire TV show. And I remember sitting in front of the TV watching that as just a very young child. So I think I just always had that interest. So when I started writing myself, obviously that was something that came out and it became apparent very quickly that pretty much everything I was writing had some sort of extra normal element to it. I didn't necessarily set out to be a genre writer, a horror writer, or a sci-fi writer, supernatural, but that's just what was natural for me to write. And so that's where I've been. I read well beyond those genres, but, um, you know, that, that tends to be where my, my weird little brain goes. All right. So, that kind of one thing I do like to ask people is what they like to read. So let me ask this then. One, let's start off with what other topics or books do you read that you really enjoy? Because I want to follow up with asking you after that, do you bring any of that stories or any of those elements into your book? Right. Okay. Well, some authors I like um, both in and out of my genre. I like I, I read Ken Follett. I read Michael Connolly, who's crime fiction, which is not what I do, but I really enjoy his Bosch series mm-hmm. a lot. Um, one of my favorite books ever is um, John Steinbeck's East of Eden. That I always put at the top of my list is just an amazing book. I've read it three times. I plan on reading it again. Right. Um, Max Allen Collins, who does a lot of kind of historical detective things. Again, not my genre, but I enjoy his. George R. R. Martin, who you know, the Game of Thrones series, um, Robert Ludlum, uh, some that are a little closer to me, uh, Jonathan Mayberry, uh, kind of similar to my Huntington series, I guess, as far as style. Um, Michael Crichton, mm-hmm. obviously Bram Stoker was an influence on me. Right. Uh, I, couldn't, I wouldn't have written those three Dracula books without that. Right. And... Um, I'm sorry, what was the second half of that question? So the other part, the second portion of it was, is with all those different elements from different genres, do you bring those into your stories? Like Michael Crichton, he has Jurassic Park. He has the Andrama strain. I know him very well. I've loved a lot of his books. There was the crime thriller. You listed off a lot of authors, so I'm not going to go through them all, but... With that, with all those authors and all the books that you read, East of Eden, do you bring any of those elements into, and I'm not saying you take all this character I brought into my story, but as you read it, you're like, you know, I can see that happening in this story, or I can see that happening with this person in my books. Do you ever use concepts and different ideas from the other books, or do you try to steer away, steer away from them? I don't actively try to bring something in from another book or another author. But 
everything I read is in there somewhere. And I try to read a lot of good fiction so that that will influence my writing in terms of just me being a better writer. Right. And, um, you know, something like East of Eden, the the characters are so well-developed and I hope some of that rubs off. Um, I'm my stories, despite being genre fiction with a lot of action and what have you, I always try to make them very, very character driven. Um, I want you to care about the characters. I want you to be uh, involved with them and feel like they're real people that you would know yourself, even though the, the actual story is something beyond normal life. These people will feel real to you. And I hope I bring that type of thing in from, you know, all of my reading. And I I try to expose myself to a wide range of styles and everything just to always be, you know, absorb it and not to mimic or copy anything. I I don't think I do that. And I think even if I am influenced by whatever book I'm currently reading, Mm -hmm. by the time I go through second, third, fourth, fifth draft of a book, I've read you know, 10 other books in that time. So no one thing is (laughs) going to be influencing me. And I think it does come out sounding like me, not like any other author that I read. I understand. So, okay. With that being said, how much of you do you put into your book? So one example is, is like the book I wrote, I wrote where the character was a cocky, smart ass kid. And I remember when I was that age, I was pulling my attitude as a 18-whatever-year-old kid into that personality. I've heard other people talk about, oh, well, the main character is nothing like me, but this character over here that's a side character, I'm very quiet and I've made them very quiet so I felt like I could relate to them. Do you do any of that? Do you put yourself into, like, Mark Huntington? Do you put yourself into him? Do you kind of put your wife into the character like when she's yelling at you, you're like, I can relate to that. Just call me funny when you're talking about the bickering, this and that. My wife, she definitely likes to let me know when she's upset. Love her to death, but sometimes, you know, you kind of have husbands, wives. They all can be idiots at times, and we all say stupid things, and almost everyone can relate to an argument. So how much of that of your life gets put into your books that you're relating to but you're not making it completely personal. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Um, None of my characters are based on a specific person in my life. Okay. That said, elements of of people get in there. I might take somebody's speech pattern Mm -hmm. and, you know, this person really has an interesting speech pattern. When I'm writing this character, I'm going to think of how that person talks. Right. And or I might use a person's physicality because they have an interesting physicality or interesting way of walking or of eating or whatever. And it's like, I'm going to take that little piece of that person, put it with this little piece of this person, put it with this other thing that's out of my crazy mind Mm -hmm. and um, use it. You know, as far as things from my life, like marital issues and everything, they sneak in there. There (laughs) is nothing that is a direct correlation to oh my wife and i had this argument now i'm going to put that down on the page right no i I feel that would be a betrayal but i feel you know like in mark and dana's relationship the dynamics i feel probably come from my own married experience 
in a lot of ways. And, you know, just that the banter, the fun, the tensions, the, all of that, that anybody who's been in a significant relationship are going to feel. So, and, you know, there've been certain events in my life that I've retooled and placed in a book under different circumstances that, you know, just, wow, that would be a great story or that would make for a great scene and that would fit right here. So how do I do that? And I guess disguise it or change it enough that it's not exactly that or recognizable to anybody that, you know, would have been there. All right. Makes sense. So out of the 11 books that you currently have out and published, do you have a favorite one that you would tell people, Hey, you have to read this first or this series I love the most, or I enjoyed writing this one the most, anything there? Um, as far as the Huntington books, the most recent two, uh, Savage Distance and the Fires of the I feel the, the series has progressed, gotten better as it's gone, gone along, as I've gotten further away from its origins, which were an audio drama series, to being a novel series. Uh, I've really explored those characters and gotten more and more in-depth and fleshed them out more and more as the series has gone. So, yeah, Savage Distance and Fires of the Atessi are my favorite in that series. As far as any of my other books, there's one called The Empty that I'm very, very proud of. I like the concept a lot. And that would be the standalone book that I would point anybody to. All right. What's that one about really then? That is about a race of people, I guess you would call them, Mm -hmm. of beings who have been along with the human race for eternity. They are human-like, they look human, but they have defective chromosomes that break down. So they need to infuse new DNA on a regular basis in order to survive. So they have these pins in their palm and they press into the back of a person's neck into the spine and take out stem cells and then they get their dna that way and of course whenever they bring in new dna that could affect their appearance and what have you most of them operate within human society but some of them operate entirely outside and those actually will infuse dna not only from humans but from animals as well so you have these kind of half-human kind of creatures out there that have to sometimes prey on people to get their DNA. And the civilized, they're called Raic, the civilized Raic that operate within society and the ones who are the more wild ones that infuse from animals, they are at odds with each other. Both of them feel like theirs is the proper way for their species to be. And there's a big threat of them being exposed where they've been able to be hidden throughout all of all society for all these years. But now with the growth of the human population and technology and radar imaging from satellites and all that, their communities can be found. And so there's a risk of them being exposed. All right. That sounds interesting. That sounds like something I'm probably going to want to read myself as well. So, well, thank now, you. so now you have, you have an interesting background from what you've told me. Years ago, you were in Second City Improv doing com- comedy and such. You also played bass guitar and guitar on an album that your wife put out. Right, right. Um, as far as Second City, I I was never in the Second City troupe, but I did train in improv and in 
comedy writing with the Second City. And I went through their whole program and, quote, graduated from it. Right. And um, that was a very, very cool experience. Um, I had some fantastic instructors who have now gone on to be, you know, well-known in the mm-hmm. entertainment industry. And I had a lot of fun just learning how to do improv. I, I did some stand-up, which is different than improv. Right. But, you know, that was part of my, you know, it was something I was exploring and just having a good time with. As far as the musical end of it, um, yeah, I, I've been playing guitar and bass since I was a teenager and in and out of bands. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I really, when we first got together, it was music that drew us together. Nice. And we, we had a band together and played for several years. Um, you know, as life went on and, you know, I figured out I wasn't going to be a rock star. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I had to um, get a real job, support the family, all that stuff. I, you know, didn't play as much. It wasn't as active. But my wife has always continued with it heavily right. and has put out a CD about three years ago, an album. Mm-hmm. And it's an instrumental album called Ivory Towers. It's excellent. And I'm not right. just saying that because I'm her husband. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, very melodic, very listenable. Um, right. Not, you know, a lot of instrumental albums people feel are kind of boring. This one's not. Anyways, I played all the bass on that and a little bit of the guitar. There's some other guitarists on there as well. But yeah, it was an interesting experience and it's something for both of us to be proud of. Definitely her. She did a great job on it. Well, that sounds fantastic. So let me ask this about the improv just out of curiosity. So with the improv, even though it's been years ago, like you said, Do you feel like that helped you in your writing? Because I know there's usually in the writing community, everyone talks about you're either a discovery writer or pantser or you're a outliner. So I'm thinking as an improv person or with that background, you might throw quite a bit of just at the spur of the moment, throwing something interchanging, even if you do an outline. So do you feel like that way of thinking helped you and drew into your writing any? I would have to think it helps me in terms of just the creativity because improv is teaching you how to respond to what the person you're acting opposite is doing. Right. The the number one rule is in improv is yes. And whatever the person says, if the person says I have an elephant on my head, you don't say that's silly. That can't be. You say, Oh, you have an elephant on your head. Let me help you get it off or whatever. It's always, yes, I agree with whatever you gave me. And, and so I think that helps with just the creativity as I go through the books, as far as being an outliner or not, I'm somewhere in between. Um, My process is generally, I have the overall concept of what I want the book to be about, like fires of the Atessi. Mm -hmm. We have this ancient relic, It has supernatural elements to it. It's been stolen and could cause great catastrophe. And I have Mark and Dana Huntington trying to find it. That's where I start with that. And that's pretty vague, you know, as far as doesn't have any specifics plot wise, but it's here's what the overall idea is. I have this idea. Now I'm just going to start writing. I don't have an outline yet. I'm going to write three or four chapters just getting into the groove and um once i get to a certain point it's usually around the third chapter 
sometimes maybe the four, I'll hit a point where now I need to know where I'm going with this. Okay. So I'll stop and I usually use three by five cards and I start writing down every idea I can think of, of things that are going to happen in this story, what needs to happen. And I'll get a whole stack of these cards and then I'll start laying them out and figuring out what order they would be in. And then, oh, this one's no good. Toss that one. That idea doesn't work. But this one's a good idea. But in order for this to happen, something else happened to happen before that. So then I come up with the idea of how it got there. And I start developing an outline that way. Then I put it onto a, a Word document on my computer and put it into an outline. At that point, I go back and start from chapter one that I've already written and start moving through it again and making sure it's going where I need it to go. Sometimes I'll throw out an entire chapter. A lot of times that first chapter just gets tossed Yeah. Um, because a lot of times that's just me starting to get my footing mm-hmm. and it's necessary to the process, but it doesn't end up in the final version. Right. And then I start following my outline as I get beyond those initial chapters, but I always leave myself open to be influenced by my characters themselves All right. or by new ideas that come up. You know, sometimes I get to some place and I wanted to do this or that. It's like, well, would that character really do that? Now that I'm further in and I'm seeing what's happening in their lives at this point, would they really react this way or would they do something different? No, they wouldn't. So now I need to go a different direction from what that outline says. So my outline is always fluid. I'm always open to making changes. I don't feel like it has to be a roadmap. It's more of a way of helping me get from one point to the next. All right. Well, it sounds with this series, the fourth, definitely in the fourth book, it sounds like the characters have a strong personality that's easy to figure out who they are instead of just getting to know them. I've read some books where you're trying to get to know somebody throughout the entire series. So this, and I do like the ones where you actually know the person, you feel related, and that's what it sounds like you're saying these people are, to the sense of, you can sit there and say, okay, these people really wouldn't do this. Their personalities, their traits. So that sounds fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, like with Mark and Dana, you know, it's fourth book now, so I know them very well. But there's always new characters that come into those books where I'm still discovering those characters as the book goes on. And then in subsequent drafts, they become richer and richer as I really discover who they are. All right. Sounds good. So with all that being said, do you have any, you said you have two more coming out. Do you plan on putting more books out after that? Do you plan on continuing the Dana and Mark Huntington series? Are you looking at new series? What are you looking at doing? Yeah. I, you know, I, funny thing is when I first started doing the Huntington series, it was, we had done it in the audio dramas and then a publisher actually contacted us, said, I love your audio dramas. We'd like to publish those. You know, right. We'd like to release those on CD and MP3. So we made a deal to them. And then they said, well, you know what? What would you think of writing novels about this series? And I was kind of like, I was writing other novels at that time right. that weren't yet published, but I was working on them. I'm, like, I'm not sure if I really want to write that as in novels. But then once I got into it, I grew more and more attached to those characters and they become became richer. And now I really want to continue that series. So you know, my plan right now is to continue writing a new Huntington book probably every year or two, and then also writing other books in between each of those. Well, that sounds good. I know one big thing for readers like me, we tend 
to get into a series and just like I hate when I get into a series and then the last book and you're like, but I want more and you know, no more is coming. So it sounds like as of right now, at least there's plans to keep continuing. So as people are going through your books, they can expect more of the story, more of Mark and Dana, more of the adventures. So that sounds fantastic. So yeah, definitely I'm, re- I'm writing the fifth book right now. It should be out either by the end of the year or early next year. And then you know, I already have ideas for the one beyond that. So nice. I think you'll still see Mark and Dana for a while. Well, that sounds fantastic. So 11 books, you're putting out two more. You're planning on a lot more coming out, it sounds like. You play guitar. You have an interesting background. What else is there about you that people might want to know? Things that people are going to really want to know about you because, you know, nowadays everybody wants to know who they're reading. So is there some more about you, hobbies, interests, things like that, that you think is important for people? Like we know you're an avid reader from what it sounds like. Yes. Obviously you enjoy music. Yes. So I'm assuming comedy. Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> comedy. Um, you know, I, I haven't done anything with comedy in quite a while. Right. Uh, it's something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am an avid reader. I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. Right. Um, I like sci-fi and, you know, supernatural things. I'm mm-hmm. a big Star Trek geek. <laughs> um, I also love Marvel. Right. <laughs> so I'm into all the MCU movies. Uh, I love doing outdoor things. I love hiking and camping. I haven't been able to do much of that lately because... I actually had a back situation where I had to have a back surgery and it went, it went terribly wrong. And then I had to have two more. So I'm in the recovery stage on that. I'm hoping to be able to get back out within the next few months and do some hiking and camping and get on a bicycle and ride. And I'm also, I was a competitive swimmer back in, you know, my younger days and I love swimming. So I'm doing some of that. Well, that sounds fantastic. I know back issues can definitely be a problem. I've dealt with it over the years myself, so I can feel for you there. Luckily, I've avoided the surgeries at this point, but let's just hope I don't have to take I hope they're not in your future because they're not fun. (laughs) No, my doctor and I have already discussed that, so I'm trying to avoid that for now. So, I mean, with everything said, if somebody wants to find your books, I know they're listed on Amazon. Yes. I know that I have a profile set up for you on audioblurb.com that has links for people to find your books listed there. So I appreciate that. that. Thank you. Where else would people be able to find you? Sure. Um, as far as finding my books, pretty much, you know, wherever, wherever books are sold kind of thing. Right. Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com, kobo.com. Uh, you can find them. And um you can find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Which um, I think I have links on it's, your profile. T H O M R E E S E. Find me there and friend me or follow me. I've got an author page and just a regular page there. I'm on Twitter as well. Again, Tom Reese. Mm-hmm. And um, if you are interested in signed copies of the book, you can email me directly at Tom Reese author at Yahoo. And Tom, again, is spelled with an H. So it's T-H-O-M-R-E-E-S-E, author at yahoo.com. And just message me there and I can get you a 
signed copy of any of the books that you like. Well, and um, my publisher is Speaking Volumes. And if you went to speakingvolumes.us, you could find under the authors there all of my books and you know, see what I have there. Sounds perfect. So what people, this should be the final question. And I imagine you have other things to do today. So I won't take up too much of your time. But the final question I have, what people do you expect? We'll stick with the, the Tom and Dana series right now. Who do you think would really enjoy those books? What type of people do you see reading them? What, what type of readers, fantasy, adventure lovers, I can pick that, but what do you see? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Mark and Dana Huntington's, um, you, know, you mentioned the Indiana Jones things. I get a lot of people say Indiana Jones, which actually I, I'm sure there's probably some influence in there <laughs> just because I've seen those movies. You know, I enjoyed those right. movies. Um, but as far as authors that um, are similar, that, you know, if a reader is reading Clive Cussler, they'll probably enjoy The Huntingtons. If they read uh, Michael Crichton, they'll probably enjoy The Huntingtons. Uh, Jonathan Mayberry, uh, same thing. Um, James Rollins is in that same genre. Um, even like Robert Ludlum, maybe, because there's a lot of intrigue and um, mystery in that. So, People who are reading those type of things right. or if they're watching action, adventure, supernatural type of movies, they would probably enjoy these books. All right. And, you know, I know that was supposed to be my last question, but as you're talking, I realize there's one that I always want to ask people because it is important to me on books, especially when I do audio books, is so I try to avoid books with having a four-year-old son and a newborn I avoid audiobooks, especially with cursing in it or with very specific sex scenes, things like that. Are those things that people should worry about with your books or are they, if a teenager picks it up, a parent doesn't have to kind of worry about them reading it? Because when I was a kid, I've read some stuff. My parents weren't happy when they found out I read. Yeah. Um, I use very little profanity in my books. All right. Uh, um, you know, damn will show up. Right. Um, beyond something like that, I could probably count on one hand the uh, curse words that have shown up. You know, a lot of times with a character, I don't like to put a whole lot of that in the books either, but, you know, characters would in natural life curse. And sometimes what I just do is say, so-and-so cursed. Right. Instead of saying exactly what they said, I just, so-and-so cursed. And fill in the, fill in the blank. Right. Um, there's no real graphic sex in my books. Uh, the Dracula journals are more hard-hitting horror, right? Though maybe not as appropriate for younger readers because those get a little more graphic horror. Yeah. But everything else, I think you're, you know, people are probably safe feel safe giving it to your teenager. I understand, and yeah, don't get me wrong. I understand an occasional curse word in a book. What I try to always void, void myself is where the first pair first five, six paragraphs is nothing but curse words. And you're sitting there going, you know, there's other words in the English language. Now, not to say that those aren't good stories. They're just not stories for me. And I know some people, they have the same concerns. And that's one th reason I ask is if I'm going to pick up your book, I want to make sure that when my son gets old enough, I'm sitting there going, no, don't touch that one. So, well, perfect. I appreciate you being on. I enjoy talking with you. If you can hold on just for a moment before we stop talking i'm gonna end the show 
and we'll talk a little bit more afterwards if you're okay. Very good. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying our show with us. I hope you liked it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. So if you did get to this point, I imagine you do like it and you might want to learn more about the show. You might want to even find more guests that you might be interested in. There might be a lot of things. Go to authorblurb.com, find more guests. And if you want to help improve the show, there is a spot there that says give to the show to help us out some. You can donate by a cup of coffee program. I'm working on more that will even give back to you for donating. And I also accept crypto as an offering to give. So I hope you do come back. If you don't donate now, if you don't ever donate, I still hope you enjoy it. I hope you tell your friends. And I hope, for most importantly, you find that author that you really do enjoy. Thank you.